Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, our special guest now, Robert Stanley, the webmaster of UnicusMagazine.com, host of the Unicus Radio Hour, has served as a correspondent for America's Morning News and America's Radio News Network. Robert has traveled to nearly 60 countries during his long life pursuit of modern and ancient mysteries. And over the past 30-plus years, his quest for unique ideas and information has led him to research and write about many controversial topics as well. He's got several books out, including Close Encounters on Capitol Hill, Covert Encounters in Washington, D.C. He was last with me about almost a year and a half ago. Robert, welcome back. How are you? Doing well, George. Nice to speak with you again. I'm looking forward to this, too. And COVID has been friendly to you, I trust? Yes, I'm healthy, thank God. Yeah, absolutely. What, so what, what book are you working on these days? Uh, okay, so I know we've talked about this off and on for years, and I, at this point I'm just going to call it my memoirs. Yep. Because I just, you know, the thing is, it's really not about me. That's why it's so difficult to write. Um, I didn't understand half of the stuff that was happening to me in the last 30, 40 years. Um, and so it's been a challenge to try and unravel this Gordian knot and put it down in a way that makes sense to other people because um, we're all going through this. And, and here's the problem, too, is that the, the history is a bit murky, to say the least, and so decoding all that or finding the bits and pieces and putting it together has been a very difficult task. But, yes, that's what I'm working on right now, my memoirs. There's a book out there called The Shining Ones uh, by uh, Christian O'Brien, Barbara J. O'Brien yep. as well. And uh, it kind of echoes a lot of things you've talked about on this program over the years about the Anunnaki, but uh, they've, they, they did a great job with that. Yeah, Mr. O'Brien is deceased, and uh, he had help from his wife, Barbara Joy, I've gotten to the the publisher a bit, and um, the foundation there in England seems like a lot of people in England know more about this than most people on the planet. And so, last time you and I spoke, I I mentioned that I was I was I realized that I was studying angelology because that's another word for the Anunnaki is angels or Elohim, but um, that's who we're dealing with. And so, what we discussed was very introductory level angelology. Mm-hmm. The information, specifically in that book, The Shining Ones, uh, is a far more advanced level of angelology, and it, I think is extremely accurate. It, it's not 100% complete, because I'm still looking deeply into this and learning every day more and more about our relationship with these beings, and it's phenomenal. How much do they echo, Robert, the work of Zachariah Sitchin in his work on the Anunnaki? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's it's similar, but a very different perspective. You're drawing on different sources, and um, that's what I was surprised to see. Um, I, I just put it this way. Uh, Zachariah Sitchin, and you, have, you and I have talked about him a few times his work was far more um, elementary, whereas I feel that Mr. O'Brien's work is far more scholarly. Yeah, I think so. And, and, and holistic. I mean, it's just like 
in the sense that we know that the, there's a multiple, multi, multi-dimensional aspect to all this, and that's addressed in that book, The Shining Ones, in a way that Mr. Sitchin never even delved into. Well, he kind of, Sitchin kind of touched on the ancient Sumerians and basically left it like that. I think the, uh, the O'Briens got in a little deeper, didn't they? Oh, much deeper. I mean, in fact, the cosmology, the way it's laid out in, in the introduction or the first 100 pages of that book, and it is voluminous, it's like 700-something pages, uh, but the first couple hundred pages anyway, it, it, it talks about the various realms, uh, I guess you could call them dimensions, sort of like, or maybe even universes, but apparently it's a common thing for us to, as souls, to move through these different realms, and that would include the Anunnaki. And um, this is one of the reasons we call them angels, or Elohim, God's angels. I mean, it's all the same thing, because they are um, interdimensional beings. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about the Anunnaki and get your definition, Robert, on just who they were, or who they are. Yeah, who are they? Um, Well, they're... (laughs) They are... um, as I said, we we call them so many things. We call them gods. We call them angels or Elohim. Uh, the Elohim, I guess, is God's plural. They are. Um, and Sitchin had said that they came from heaven, from, from heaven to earth. They came something like that. Um, and and that's actually true. But he said they came in rocket ships, which right that, that from a, from the some from this other planet called Nibiru. Right, 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 right. And even though they have a physical component to their being, they also apparently can move to these other dimensions that are beyond our physical realm. They literally descended from a higher plane, and that's... So this is where it gets a little tricky, because they do have this aspect um, where we tend to think of them as godly creatures, and and that's not a bad thing, but I don't think we should worship them. Um, we do have a relationship with them, and it's been both good and bad. That's that's quite clear from the historical records. And, and at this point, I would have to say that um, we are about to uh, learn a lot more about them, and they clearly know a lot about us. So it's. I do think it's it's more than just an intellectual exercise that we study them or learn more about our, our past relationships so that when we go into expanding, you know, the future relationship with them, we have a little bit more context. Do you believe the Anunnaki might still be here? Yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm absolutely certain of it. And, you know, we've talked about this over the years, about um, my experience in Malibu. I was really perplexed about who was this being that I met. Um, granted, I was out of body at the time. I was having an out of body experience back in September of 1985 while meditating on a, mal- a mountain in Malibu. Um, I told you before that I thought it was Inky that I'd met. Right. It, I had to amend that now. I'm quite certain that who I met and who I'm having a relationship with is uh, his father, Anu. Well, but Sitchin believed that the Anunnaki seeded humans. Do you right. accept that? Yeah, I do. Uh, 
and I think there was multiple, not, and they're not experiments. They knew exactly what they were doing. Um, I guess if I had to summarize, I would say that they were, um, um, the goal is to create a civilized, another civilized world on this planet, and in, then included in the, I guess they loosely call that a federation or association of civilized worlds. So they, they've they been upgrading the life forms here on this planet. Unfortunately, there was a rebellion among them, and um, that caused a lot of issues that are still being resolved to this day. So I know it appears that they've left, but it's a, a major part of that is because, not because of us, it's because of them, we- the, this unresolved rebellion. We've got a Coast guest, Michael Heiser, who does not accept Sitchin's work. Right. We talked about that in the past. Uh, any further right. thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I understand Dr. Heiser is, is, you know, he looks at things from a biblical perspective, and that's fine. I tend to um, feel that the, the, the source material for the Bible is, is much older than the Bible itself. That's undisputed. So, again, this is why I feel that Mr. O'Brien, who had worked with people like Lawrence Gardner and others, um, to come up with a much more holistic and and accurate perspective uh, or analysis of uh, who the Anunnaki really are and why they've been interacting with us for so long. Truly remarkable. I mean, that they possibly could have changed the face of mankind with the... With coming around, Sitchin's contention was this Planet X that the Anunnaki came from comes around every thirty six hundred years, plays havoc with the planet. All kinds of Earth changes occur, the floods, everything else. Right. But uh, I've always wondered where they went, and so you believe that they stayed in some capacity. Well, yeah, I'm sure they have. I mean, I'm not the only one that's had some sort of interaction with them. And um, I was listening to an old interview with Bob Dean, and he would said that he was certain that uh, our government knew about Planet X, as they call it. Probably. Uh, or Nibiru. Yeah, and, and that uh, specifically the Navy, the Naval Observatory there in Washington, D.C., is what he was referring to, that they... They allegedly had told Sitchin that, that you know, they they knew it was real. And, um, okay, but they couldn't just come from there. That They're obviously spread out, just like there's got to be life throughout not only this physical universe, but other universes beyond that. Sure. Isn't it interesting, though, that the Bible talks about God making us in his own image? And that's what the Anunnaki did with us. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Yes, they did. And um, actually, the Elohim is, we know that means plural gods, but a lot of times in religious terms, they want to try and make it a singular thing. And um, so our souls are created by God. The physical uh, Homo sapien at our current format, it was created by the Anunnaki. I should say it was genetically manipulated and interbreeding. I mean, that's the other thing. We're, we're related to them, uh, which would, would explain a great deal about why they're so interested in us. And, and even though it's been very covert, 
in recent times, it wasn't always that way. So, and like I said, I really feel like it's it, they're going to be uh, we're going to be having overt communications relations with them again. How did the soul get in the body, Robert? I, you know, uh, that that one I'm still trying to study. But it, it, it to summarize it, it, and again, this is mentioned in the um, in the book, The Shining Ones. Apparently, our souls are created in the highest realm. Let's just call it heaven. I don't know what else to call it, a realm of light uh, that's way beyond the physical. And then we descend, we agree or choose to de- descend into these lower realms. So the lowest realm is the physical, and then beyond, above that is the astral, and above that is the causal plane. So just like a seed falls off of a tree and penetrates the soil and is, is in the dark and it, it struggles to, up towards the light, it's the best analogy I have. It's of course it's an organic process, but it, I feel that this is very similar to the way our souls come into these lower realms and then ascend back up, and in the process we we mature or um, activate our full potential. I didn't quite answer your question because I don't really know how it attaches to a physical form. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's I know there's a lot of theories about it, but I, I'm not sure. That's a godly decision, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's, beyond, it's above my pay grade, George. <laughs> now, the, in terms of the Anunnaki, the UFOs that we continue to see and get reports on, Robert, might yeah. that be them, or are we talking about other civilizations from other planetary systems or dimensions? I think it's all of those things, and that's one of the reasons our government, specifically our government at the, you know, in, in, here in the United States, is having a very difficult time, so-called disclosure, because it's a really, it's very complicated. And um, I'm sure people could understand it if it was presented well, um, but it could be very discomforting. And we've talked about this before, but I'll just give you an example. What, what really shocked me was when I found out that they're, they're not only watching us, that they know they can read our thoughts. And when you come to that realization, it's a, it's very unnerving. I mean, I don't really have anything to hide, but there's this level of privacy that we assume that we have, you know, especially in our own head, <laughs> you know, and, and then to have that revealed, uh, I don't know that there's any, I, I do think it's going to cause a problem for a lot of people, or let's put it this way, it's mildly, it, it's going to be an adjustment period for people to get used to the idea that, um, uh, mind-to-mind communication, or even possibly technology that allows for the, the reading of minds, which, again, it, it feels a bit invasive, or at, least, at the very least, very shocking. When you wrote the book, Close Encounters on Capitol Hill, back in, was that 2006? Yeah, the first time we spoke was December 2006. That was a pretty compelling story, and... Uh... Yeah, well, um, again, I didn't really set out to write that. I, I just I said I originally wrote an article and published some photographs and uh, just to say, look, this is this happened. Uh, I couldn't understand why nobody else was reporting it uh, because pl- plenty of other media outlets and individuals had a chance at it and they, they all declined. And uh, for whatever reason, I ran with the story, which turned into the book, and then when you and I spoke for the first time, it just exploded because this was like suddenly everybody, well, because this audience is so huge and so awake 
even though it's in the middle of the night. You have so many awake people on this planet listening to this show um, that they, I, the feedback I was getting is what compelled me to continue down that path. For something like eight years, I wrote two books and 800 pages and did all these interviews. And the thing is, that, that, that activity hasn't stopped. Um, I just stopped pursuing it because um, the, the, our government and the media in general mm-hmm. is, is just tone deaf when it comes to talking about or disclosing that, that this is a, a, you know, an ongoing situation there. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.